new game. Yes, it is. For 12-pack radio, get excited, y'all. Welcome back, everyone, to 12-Pack Radio, your podcast source for Pac-12 football news, the home of the beta rank college football statistical model. Simulcast, simulcast, we are doing podcasts, and we're on live on YouTube, I guess, I don't know, YouTube.tv, the, 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 the empire continues to expand. I'm joined, as always, by Rob Barron. We are now the Pac-8, or the Pac-9 podcast, my apologies, the Pac-9 podcast, Colorado, obviously. Bolting, I thought it was fascinating, Rob, that it was Fredo, of all, of all the sons, it was Fredo of the Pac-12 that put a bullet in the head of the conference, uh, leaving to to go on to the Big 12, and we I mean, we have to talk about it. I, the, the, our friends at the Solid Verbal had a really good video of all the highlights of Colorado football, and they were all just very sad moments in the Pac-12, like... <laughs> They, they had the one Jim Levitt, you know, uh, McIntyre uh, year. Oh, yeah. The, the, the rise I mean, is like, real. You remember that? That catchphrase? The rise is real. Cepho Lufau. Uh, yeah. We had, we had the full Montez, right? Uh, you know, everybody go full Montez. Oh, that man. One year the Red where... Baron, the guy that he ate so much Red Baron pizza. <laughs> it turned his life around, you know, just being able to to change that diet. And, look, I, I don't want to – we have friends, you know, people that listen to the podcast from Colorado. So I, I do this, you know, a little bit with a grain of salt, but it is just interesting that, you know, it, we're just in this world where if you're in a media market and, um, and you have nothing of value to offer from a football standpoint, it doesn't matter. And, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, I hope Colorado turns it around with prime. I was kind of excited to cover him, but you know, maybe we will. So who knows, who knows is going to follow him to the, back to the big 12. Uh, what, you know, what do you, what do you think happens from here up? I mean, it's, the, I mean, the, the conference is an interest. I mean, it's been in an interesting spot, right? I mean, like the, the, the and I, I, I do want to say like, I, I do sort of understand Colorado jamming out um, simply because I mean the, in the long run, the difference between like the schools that are in the big 12 and the schools that are in the PAC 12 is no one in the current big 12 is going to the sec or big 10. Um, and I do think that there's still, the possibility at the next time the TV comes up that Oregon and Washington could go to the big 10, maybe Stanford, if Notre Dame, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, right. Like, um, you know, that's, that, that would be a very big, like Stanford, I don't think makes any money, but there, that, that would be a very big 10 move to take Stanford for academics. Um, but you're, le- I mean, I think if you're Colorado, you, you didn't, you know, making this move now for is, 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 it might not even be about the money. It might just be about future stability, right? I mean, this, um, yes, you do know the money you're going to get here, right? As opposed to where the TBD number is still for the Pac-12. Um, and they got the full, they got the full Monte. Speaking of the full Monte, yeah. they got the full share. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, to get, I mean, like, I mean, that's fine. Cause like, I think if you're looking at, if you were trying to value out the pack to like, you know, like, where the Pac-12 contract would be or something like that. The fact that Colorado, which frankly, I mean, Denver, I mean, look, Denver's like people, you want the Denver market, right? That's why you would take Colorado, obviously, but it's not like the bit like Colorado has never been in conversations for the big 10 because of the, the Denver market, right? Like Denver is a, I mean, and I grew up in Wyoming and spent a lot of time in Denver. Denver's full of trans, like people, not transients, not from, not like homeless people, but people who are not from Colorado, right? Like it is, there's, hobos there's just like, there's just bums everywhere in Denver. Um, no, I mean like Colorado, like 
Colorado has grown because people have moved there. Right. Um, and so overwhelmingly, and this is sort of like somewhat, you know, it's a little bit like Phoenix in this way too, is like they've moved there and they are fans of the schools from wherever they came from, if they're college football fans. Right. Um, and so Colorado getting a full share, you know, and getting able to come in at that. Now, look, that was, you know, they got the big 12 got that in their contract with ESPN that if they could bring in any power five school that, so, I mean, even if the beeves jammed over ESPN would have to pay a full share. Now Fox didn't, but they said they would honor it for Colorado, which tells you Colorado probably comes in right in the round that same valuation that the big 12 was at. So that's the case, right? Then you're kind of looking at like the rest of the pac 12 and you're sort of like doing the math in your head, right? Like Oregon and Washington are probably pluses over that, right? Like over that valuation um, that you'd probably put almost all of the four corner schools, including Colorado, right around that valuation ish, right? Maybe you want to talk about like maybe ASU's a little more, you know, but um, not by much. And then you realize like what's really probably hampering the conference is like two things one of which is you know the uncertainty about like the long run with oregon and washington and then the second would be man uh your problem is probably that washington state and oregon state as well as probably the bay area schools are just not like they're just the, the, that's where your minus has to be on getting a deal done. Cause if Colorado can come in and get 30 million, 31 million, right. Then, you know, and they would likely offer that to any of the four corner schools and you figure Washington and, and, and Oregon are above that. Then like what's dragging you down where you haven't gotten a deal done. And the numbers are probably around those other schools. Yeah. I'm curious that I think the end point for this would be, um, I don't think Washington state or Oregon state joins, the mountain west i think they just take a lower cut of something and just like i think that's probably where it ends up where they just take you know 50 percent of what everybody else is getting they're in a conference otherwise they're going to be hold they're like it's hot potato and they're the last ones there probably it is t- i mean it is t- like because i do th- i mean and maybe i hadn't maybe and this is you know we operate some pac-12 stuff so we definitely know like where the numbers come in from right and i don't think we're like particularly yeah. you know like um you know, like we had, I'd like, I know we have some loyal Washington state and Oregon state listeners and even some Cal and <laughs> Stanford <laughs> listeners, right? And our Stanford guy, a Stanford man. <laughs> right. But, uh, who's been listening since the beginning. I know. So <laughs> I know. And this is, around. this is not about you in particular. There just aren't enough of you. Right. Like, <laughs> like you need to be out proselytizing, um, you know, like knocking on doors. <laughs> like, have you have you have you heard the good news about Stanford football? <laughs> so He is risen, right? Yeah. Troy Taylor from the from the FCS. <laughs> um, but like that, like it is the, the problems there, I think, are, are are quite real. Right. And and that I think is like I, I was always sort of flummoxed at the idea that like oh the pac-12 so bad and like arizona and arizona state and utah and everybody doesn't have a ton of value like they're they're not as they're not as good as iowa they're not as good as michigan state but neither is washington like washington's not it doesn't even pull the kind of money in the michigan state pulls in on their own you know like and 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 uh in the big 12 or the big 10 right so like there's there's still some value i mean i think that like the positive is is like 
it doesn't kill the conference. I think Chris Vanini for, uh, I probably mispronouncing his last name, but um, for the athletic had a good piece up on it. the fulcrum is still what happens with the Arizona schools, right? Like yeah. if the Arizona yeah. schools were to bolt, the conference is cooked and you probably see Washington and Oregon join, um, get real interesting for Utah um, yeah. because BYU probably didn't want them. <laughs> and the way that contracts are now the way the contracts written like they could come in right and they would get a full share right like even though in some ways like you've already sort of bought you've already bought salt lake with byu <laughs> yeah you know? yeah i mean like you you did <laughs> i already, I already we, bought this we pig to, man <laughs> we went there for an away game man that was it was wild it was um i i, I know why there's so many byu fans there uh, well, I mean, so Rob, I um, it's it's been a long day. We should talk more about where Colorado's headed and the conference and stuff. I know it was big news, but I'm frankly dying. And I apologize if you listened last week. We're getting our sound back on track, right? We had to shake the rust off and then go through all the tech stuff. So um, I know we're doing the simulcast. I apologize if I, it sounded like I was in a tin can and Rob was like the voice of God in any you know in, in any Monty Poth- like Python movie. And so we're trying to balance that out. But let's, you know, we have two teams to preview. We got Washington, we got Washington State. I think both of them are really fascinating. I kind of wanted to start with Washington State, but before I do, anything else that you wanted to cover, like, you know, this happened, I think, yesterday or a day and a half ago. So, you know, anything that that you want to highlight before we dive, maybe take a deeper dive in a few weeks? No, I mean, I, th- I think there's a lot of digestion that really has to happen, right? And I, I mean, you're just, I think if you're a fan of, you know, really like the Bay Area school, I mean, th- that's who's probably not, I mean, like, well, while the Big Ten would take Stanford and maybe Cal for purely academic reasons, <laughs> like, like I said, very Big Ten move. Um that's not happening with the big 12. Right. And so like, if you're a fan of like the Bay area schools, um, and, or like Oregon state, Washington state, like you're, it, it is all going to come down to like the decision that Arizona and Arizona state make here. I mean, look, I mean, look, I mean, it could also just fly out like that Oregon or Washington just decides to jump and that's, that's the end of the game too. Right. Um, yeah. but it's, it's going to be like, if any of those like Oregon, Washington or the Arizona schools bail, like that's, and we're, I mean, I guess I'm, I'm sort of assuming the Arizona schools are a package deal. I would assume that, um, in here. I think so. Yeah. Like, you know, as much as everybody talks about rivalries, like, you know, whatever. Oh yeah. They're, they're, they're I mean, they, I love Ralph Amson. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> but like that, like it, it's going to depend on that. And, um, I also think this is going to put increased pressure to get a, 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 you know, some numbers, like some real numbers put in front. I did think it was interesting. Like the comment that, uh, diffused, uh, Defestano, the Colorado chancellor said today, which was, um, he commented about the importance of being on linear and that the deal was with ESPN and Fox in particular. I sort of read that as a little bit of subtext on like who the potential PAC 12 partners they might be talking to might be. Um, and that the PAC 12 might be looking at a more streaming heavy deal. I would also say that like when the big 12 deal dropped, everyone talked about how big the streaming component was. (laughs) was a part of it for like you know a lot of the, a lot of those games are going on espn you know 19 the stream right like <laughs> oh lord almighty yeah <laughs> i've been trying to dig around for the pac-12 i don't want to have to do that again yeah um no i i hear you we'll have to keep a look and, and see what happens i'm sure more shoes are going to drop and you're going to get more statements from presidents etc i did i did appreciate the 
all the Oregon fans are like, we're leaving. You know that, right? We're leaving like right now, right tomorrow. The re- the border reaches this meeting. And I'm like, ah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Like, that could be the case. But um, I just kind of want to see what, uh, you know, who ends up responding to this. And, um, and we got one more year of Colorado. They'll probably go four and eight or whatever. So you yeah. know, it'll be fun to, to make fun of them one more time. Um, let, let's talk Washington State football. And let's do it right after this. All right, we're back. We're talking Washington State football, a team. So I want to line this up because I think it's fascinating, Rob. Last year, Washington State was 45-1 to to win the Pac-12. And I didn't think they were going to win the conference title, but I thought there was a world. If you ran, ran that simulation, not knowing what Cam, uh, Cam Ward was, right? right. If, you, if hot shot FCS quarterback coming in, good defense, um, really interesting players, they have some wide receivers left over. They had some offensive line players, which, <laughs> spoiler alert, weren't really a big, a big factor. Well, they were a factor, just not in the right way for for Washington State. But I thought that it was worth a flyer to bet forty five to to one on um, on Washington State. And to some extent, I was half right. Yeah, that defense was awesome. They had multiple NFL players. They had a great they had great corners. They had excellent linebackers that have either transferred or were taken in the draft. Their their nose tackles not great, but they weren't like a disaster. Yeah. And if Cam Ward had been Cam Ward, and and we weren't going to do seventeen bubble screens every twenty minutes, um, I thought I mean they went into Wisconsin. We were there. They beat Wisconsin. This is a team that had some potential, and they returned some interesting pieces. They had to dip into the transfer portal. They lost a lot on defense, and this is. It, but I, I'm just curious what they were at the end of the year, because I'm pretty sure the defense was pretty high and the, and the offense was pretty low, but um, it's been a hot minute since I went through the numbers. What was Washington state last year? So they finished at number 40 overall in beta rank. Um, and they were at 62 on offense, which is a bad power five offense and a significant yeah. fall off. And it was. Yes, it very <laughs> much was now like they were at 35 on defense in beta rank, which uh, is middle of the road ish. But yeah. by Pac-12 standards, that was a darn good defense last year. <laughs> like, I think that defense finished third in the conference between, behind Oregon State and Utah in beta rank. Um, and your memory is correct. Like, they were better against the pass than they were against the run. Number 30 in effective pass, 40 in effective rush. In particular, they were very good at drive efficiency. They found ways to get off the field and not give up long drives for points. Now, they did give up some big plays, number 63 over there on, on explosive drives. They were really good at four three and outs and turnovers 24 overall and negative drives um and this is i mean this is dickert's calling card right like he he runs that defense that came out of north dakota state that craig bull brought with him from you know to wyoming um well, it's just one one more poor craig bull like oh it's just, it just, just um it's like graduating from from junior high into high school or high school into college, right? You graduate Washington or uh, Wyoming, and then you go to the Pac-12. That's just what you do if you're a good player. I know. Like how many Wyoming players? Oh are man. In the oh no. I mean, because like they all, and not only that, but like he just keeps having his coaches hired. I mean, particularly his defensive coordinators hired out yeah. from under him, right? Like, um, yeah, for sure. So the um. But like the uh, to your point, like the offense was really bad. They were 87 in effective rush, 34 in effective pass, um, and they don't have any numbers that really stand out in a positive. And we, you and I, got to see this <laughs> live and in person. The cam, the cam, the cam works. And I thought at the time because it was really early. I mean, because like the, the the beauty of non conference games, you don't actually know anything when they happen, yeah. right? Like yeah. you have no idea what Wisconsin's going to be like fully be once we get enough data in on them. Um, 
So at the time, I thought, oh, Wisconsin's got a really good defense under Jim Leonard. Like, you know, maybe it's just Wisconsin. And it was, he was so bad. It was not just the Wisconsin game. Like, he struggled with reads. Like, and I, I like, look, we talked about, like, because they brought in the head coach who wasn't the play caller to call plays from Incarnate yeah. Word. Um, and that didn't work. Now, they, I really like Arbuckle, the offensive coordinator they hire, the hire they made from Western Kentucky, like, I think there's opportunity, but like to come to like to, to hit on like what they were last year, like Ward was really like, I'm, I'm almost shocked that people are like, that we're not having conversations about like, who's, who's the back right. Like yeah. who's, 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 who's emerging in spring. <laughs> like, Yep. I, I, I think both of us watched that game and I don't know about you and art Rob, but I looked at it. Like I look at a Jackson Pollock painting. Like, <laughs> I mean, I guess, you know, like, it was just, like I was trying to find something about, about why people like the, this type of art. And, you know, if that's your jam, that's totally fine. But I'm, it, on my end, I was really in good faith trying to, to, oh, that was, that was okay. That was an okay throw. You know, we, we were really oh, trying to, to find, like, it was, it was rough. Um, and we talked about his and, footwork. His footwork was bad. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not like the QB whisperer, but like. I don't, you don't, you just, you have to have like thrown a ball. It doesn't even have to be a football. <laughs> you could throw in a dodgeball. <laughs> and he, he, he looked at his footwork like, ooh, that's not how yeah. you do this. <laughs> oh, he, he was rough. Um, I, I'm with you. I was surprised that they didn't have more smoke coming out of the, you know, the, the spring practices, maybe in fall, but I doubt it. It just doesn't seem like that's the, what I've read about is Arbuckle, right? Yeah. Like you mentioned he worked with Bailey Zappi. So if you, if, if you aren't a, a fan outside of the Pac-12 or if you haven't paid attention to some of the group of five teams, that, that offense was awesome. And Bailey Zappi is in the NFL because he was a baller. Like that, that guy threw the ball around. He had like 70 touchdowns. Um, now, Arbuckle was only there for a year, if I recall, right? I th- yeah. I he's kind of like... He's like uh, the 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 second cousin of that coaching tree in terms of what they were able to build in Western Kentucky. Is that is that a fair assessment? It is. I mean, they did. I mean, some of it was Zappy moved on, um, so they did come back to earth a little bit last season offensively. So they were at twenty three in twenty twenty one. They were at sixty offensively last year, but sixty still really good for a group of five team. Like, let's not like twenty three is like an excellent group of five offense, right? The thing yeah. is, is like they were really, really explosive. Um, comparatively. So they were number 38 in explosive drives, only 120 in drive efficiency. So this should be a bit more like um, my expectation is this should be a bit more like what we saw with um, I'm forgetting his name, my favorite Mike Leach quarterback. And I've forgotten his name, the all ball. Uh, Gardner Mitchell. No, no. The guy that was the year after him. Um, oh, oh yeah. I know who you're talking about. Dang it. And it's been a hot minute. Oh, I know who you're the talking all about. He was bombs, also good. The all bombs yeah. version of the air. Like, so Gardner Minshew was like high efficiency, like all the check, yeah. all the check downs. And then the next season, the guy comes in and he's like, no, nah, man, just nothing but nukes. Like, we just, <laughs> like, it's like it is, you know what you can do with the air raid? Four verts all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the quarterback is, is, I mean, that is a big question mark for me. And it's interesting, too, because Nikita Watson, the Wisconsin transfer, wasn't good last year or wasn't good two years ago. I'm sorry. He was very good this year. Uh, this past year. Yeah. And I was wondering what we were going to get because they got a, a running back named Schlenbaker, who was one of those borderline four star players that a lot of people at the Palouse were really excited about 
and really it was Watson who stepped up, who just solidified his role. And I loved Jalen Jenkins. Like that guy, that guy might get hurt at any given moment, but it's so fun to watch him run around and they have a running game. And then they didn't have any wide receivers last year either. Like, well, well that that's a question for you, Rob. Maybe they did. Cause I've watched a lot of Washington state football last year. And I'm like, I don't think these guys are any good, but one of them went to Oklahoma state. There's a couple transfers out of the program. I just, um, you know, I I didn't think they were good, and and they're all gone, and they have new people, and I actually think that might be a bonus. But curious what you think. It was hard to put your finger. I mean, it sort of it seems sort of so. I mean, it's so dysfunctional, right? Like the play calling, the quarterback, um, you know, and so it was sort of hard to put your finger on and say like, oh, like what's going on? Like I mean, and. It, truthfully too is like i mean when you're watching on tv you don't get like the all 22 so like the experience we had watching at wisconsin is like a pretty small sample of where i actually got to sit and look at like what's going on um i thought they used the h back pretty well they never got him the ball <laughs> like he, he was open on some seam routes as i recall at wisconsin um but like i it, it to your like it's it is really hard for me to tell because like i'm not I, like I thought his vision downfield was so bad. Um, yeah. Right. So like, yeah, I mean, there's some transfers that like, I, I don't, I don't think that they will like, it's hard to like it. I, I've, I feel confident saying I'm not sure if they're better or worse. Cause I'm just not sure. Like, and I think, I, I mean, I think unless they have real progress at quarterback, we're not going to kind of know yeah, what it was. Yeah, we talked yeah. about this before. If you have a team with, good wide receivers and a bad quarterback it's the worst possible thing because you're just going they're all open why can't you pass right so they bring in kyle williams the unlv transfer he had about 500 um passing yards they bring in josh kelly from fresno state who i think he got injured last year but in 2021 he had more than 700 and you know 75 yards a number of touchdowns they bring in a guy they really like named um i think it's dt dt sheffield who's a juco transfer who they think is just super fast he's like five nine um, and then Lincoln Victor returned. So it was interesting because they lost like nine wide receivers, including their top four. But to your point, like it might not make that big of a difference because a, the quarterback and B, you know, I think there is productivity here, but let's see what I, I, I would just assume our buckle going to do a better job scheming these guys open. And, and part of this, we'll get to this is the offensive line. Like it wasn't just that, that uh, Ward was bad. It was that Ward had no time and was also bad. <laughs> so it was yeah. kind of this compounding problem. Yeah, I mean, like, they didn't run the ball a ton, right? So, like, they graded out in football outsiders um, line yards last year at 92 overall. Um, and then sack rate's a bit more of a quarterback stat, and they graded out at number 90 there at 7.3%. That's an, that's an insane number of sacks. That is, like, like, you got, like, <laughs> so, look... I, you know, like I had to, we had to sit through, like I, we had to sit through like the rich rod off. I had to sit through the rich rod offenses, right. Where people would be like, you'd be sitting there and you're like, why does every rich rod quarterback just hold on to the football? Right. And then yeah. eventually you're also just like, why are all the wide receivers like Juco transfers who barely played football before or like yeah. five feet tall. Um, and you realize like, Oh, dudes just aren't open too. Like that's part of it. Right. Is like, sometimes guys just aren't open. Um, yeah. I do think there's some of that too, but like the biggest thing for like getting that sack rate down is like Ward just has to be better. That is a terrible reflection on him. 7.9%. Oh my God. Well, and he's got to get out of there too. I mean, like the problem, and this is, this is a similar issue and I think it's going to be worse possibly on the offensive line because 
USC went out and plucked their left guard and plugged him into their or their left tackle and plugged him into guard. So they they lost the one good guy on their offensive line. Yeah, they do return some guys like Christian Hilborn, Connor. Uh, I think is Gomnis who is the center. Um, the whole right side of the the line is back, but like you know, some of them weren't that good, and they. They returned, but they weren't good, and they're relying on a JUCO transfer to fill in a gap at left tackle. And just he didn't have time last year, and he didn't handle it well. And now you lost your best offensive lineman, and you returned a bunch of guys that weren't really that good. I'm just I'm curious. It's possible that the like there's some players that they like here, like Brock. I think it's Dayu, um, Zach Miller, uh, singer songwriter Zach Miller. They they I think appreciate on their end, but. Um, but these guys are unproven They're I think they're red shirt freshmen or sophomores that really haven't seen the field very much. I'm just curious. Um, I don't know. I, I, th- I think he's going to be running for his life again. Yeah. I mean, the play calling has got, I mean, yeah. it can't evolve. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like bad play callers can ruin your whole day and a good play caller can suddenly make you look really freaking good. Right. I mean, I'm, yeah. we are, we I, I am not of the I am not of the mind of like whatever it doesn't matter what you call it's all about execution like okay <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> right like <laughs> I've executed you open right like now you get to catch the ball right like uh, every play will work no matter what the defense calls is that what you're telling me like <laughs> like because I, I I don't think that's the case <laughs> um, um but I'd like to like I I'd, I'd like to see some real pro- I mean like for them to make progress this year. And what I mean, I think everybody should expect to be a fairly improved conference, right? Like, I think some of the offenses that we think will be good will be good again. And the defenses were so bad last year that were paired with many of those offenses that you would naturally expect some improvement because they've recruited well and they do have good coaches a lot of those schools so i think for washington state like for this year to be fun like with the capital like last year's offense was no fun and i don't think there's a lot of washington state so cam Cam ward's dad would disagree with me and he he found me on twitter to disagree with me (laughs) but um the uh i don't think a lot of coog fans would disagree with me about the offense really has to pick it up because the de- like look I, I mean even with the losses i don't expect like i just think there's really good coaching around the defense and development and i don't say that like i'm not saying that as like there's not any fall off i just i'd be surprised if they really like hit a major bump like i think they're probably going to be in that 30 range which honestly is not bad for washington state like that's fine you're not going to recruit a lot of guys that are sure sure fire first second day picks at wazoo yeah i totally i love the coach i think the defense like the fact i always love when a coach comes in and immediately turns um a group of players around and it gets people drafted so um to his credit justin wilcox at cal came in and it was like the opposite right Right. (laughs) like bad recruits and turn them into good players and it's good suddenly recruits good players and turn them into bad players on offense it was it was Um, amazing It's it's funny. I forget. It was like Richard Johnson or somebody that said, hey, never forget that Cal had Sonny Dykes as a head coach and they let him go. And I'm like, he was trying to bolt out of there like the second year he was there. And, and uh, you know, we all learn lessons over time. And I think he learned a lesson by moving on from Cal and kind of figuring out how to how to be a head coach. I, I thought that was really I mean, it was just It's a funny one, too, because like I've met Sonny Dykes. I met him when he was the OC at Arizona. I was working at the night manager at the front desk of the hotel where like the University of Arizona would put up all the team before home games. And then like the coaches, if they just got hired, would come live at the hotel until they bought a house. He was like the nicest guy. 
like hands down one of the nicest people you will ever meet in college football like he would know the maids names and talk to them like and then you can't that's so great you can't say that about that. a lot of people right like I, like and I, I having interacted with like a lot of the football teams around the pac 12 in that job like i can tell you it wasn't true about a lot of them right <laughs> <laughs> um but like he was so folksy and like down to earth like i just it's weird because you're like, oh, like, I'm sure like that plays well everywhere. But like, I can just kind of see that like not playing. It I can kind of like, <laughs> like I can just kind of see that like it's probably it's probably fine with Cal fans. It was probably not oh, like if you put him in a room with like Cal administrators, it was probably just probably like oil and water. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That was just a fascinating experiment of like two different types of people. Yeah. Uh, well, so. What Dickert was able to do with this defense, I thought was was really interesting. The, so there's two things about them that I, th I think is important to mention right off the bat. The first was this team faded over the course of the game. So they had really good um, starters and they had really good starters. But over time, I felt at least I felt as I, was, I watched almost every Washington State game. It seemed like that team by the fourth quarter was just on fumes. And a lot of the players that played their their, you know, their tails off were really struggling to keep up if, if a team had a good offense. Right. Yeah. So a, good, a good example would be like Oregon or an Arizona or a Washington or like somebody that's just going to constantly throw the ball and get the ball yeah. moving. That, that seemed to tire out the, the defense. The second thing that really worries me is. I hear you in, in the sense of I think the player and coaching development is going to be really good. But, I mean, they're, they're, they had two linebackers that just uh, one went pro, one went to Miami as an immediately the best player on Miami uh, on the defense. So those guys are gone. Um, I loved that. I forget the corner. We were watching him, too. I think it was number six um, in Wisconsin. And we were both like, that guy's freaking good. Yeah, well, he's gone. Yeah. And so now the other side. <laughs> he was good. <laughs> Yeah, like, dude, that guy, now, you know, it's Wisconsin's wide receiver, so what are you going to do? Yeah. But uh, he was able to uh, really, really move forward. So they, they, so I think some of the key players on this defense are gone, and they were much better than I think most years of a Washington State defense would be. Um, but they do return the, the defensive ends, and those guys were really good. So, like, Ron Stone, Brennan Jackson – um, and then behind them, you know, our friend Hithley does a lot more, uh, you know, film review than we do. And so he was talking about like, I, I really saw the fall off over the course of the game. He was talking about how the defensive ends were just really freaking good, even in the second, uh, you know, that second string of players that were coming through. And I just, I don't know, like they, they dipped into the transfer portal, right? They got like three linebackers that haven't really played a bunch. They got Juco transfers and, and secondary players that really haven't blown up. I just... I really hope, like, if they're going to be good this year, it's going to be Dickert, you know, pulling a rabbit out of a hat again and really identifying talent that hasn't proven themselves on the field. Yeah. And that worries me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, like, if the offense bounces back, let's say they get into the 20s or 30s, right? And the defense still sits in the 30 ish range. Like, they're, they're in the range where, like, you put them up against, you know, put them up against an Oregon, you know, like they get a turnover or two and they're in, they win the game maybe. Right. Like, um, and I think that's maybe where Washington, like that's where, you know, maybe they're going to be this year. Right. Like, I think, I think that they have some things to figure out in development. I think they have, cause you have, you just, you have to, you either have to be really good at identifying talent in the transfer portal at Washington yeah. state, or you have to be good at identifying dudes that are going to fit your system in high school and developing them, you know, uh, 
so they're like i mean i think they they kind of need like but i i mean i think washington state's certainly good enough to go bowling right like i mean i don't think they're think that they could so they're i've got them projected at seven wins overall i mean and some of it helps is like they get call they they have the have the fcs game they also get colorado state who is very bad still and i think they will be better than we expect this year but like i still think they've got like i think jay norvell has a lot of work still to do with colorado state they get wisconsin at home and that's going to be a tougher battle. I mean, that is a much better coaching staff <laughs> with Luke Fickle um, and his defensive guys coming on at Wisconsin, and then Phil Longo coming in as your offensive coordinator there. Um, staff. Yeah, that's a good staff. But I mean, like you get Arizona, you get Arizona State out of the South. You're going to miss USC, um, and you also miss Utah. Right. And so they're going to get Colorado too. I mean, like now it might come down, like you can't do something dumb, like lose to Cal. Right. Yeah. And you yeah. probably, you know, like we've got them projected at 49 coming into this season. You probably need to win the tight game against Arizona. Right. Um, mm-hmm. To get up there. But they're, I mean, like we've got them at about like a f- five and a half point underdog to Wisconsin at home. That that maybe feels about right. I mean, like, I think Wisconsin's maybe going to be better than we expect. But I think Washington State has, you know, like with the new offensive coordinator coming in, maybe beats their expect- expectations a bit too. UCLA's, like, might be a tougher one because, you know, they did make a uh, – they never – of course, UCLA, of course, doesn't up- up- update their roster. So they do have a new defensive coordinator. <laughs> and he went and hired somebody off the Ravens staff, which I think is pretty good. UCLA might actually be pretty darn good this – like – better than people I think are talking about them with that coordinator change in place. Mm-hmm. Um, but like ASU, I mean, ASU, like they should be able to beat ASU. ASU should be improved over where they were last year, but I still think that's an uphill, uphill slog. They get Stan. I mean, of course you still get Stanford. You still get Cal. Always a plus. Yeah. Always a plus. Yeah. I mean, like there's some very, like there's a couple of games on here where you look at and you're like, all right, I can talk myself with the FCS, Colorado state, Stanford. Let's give them Cal you know, Colorado, let's call it. You're already at like five wins. <laughs> yeah. I, I think the key is, can the offensive line, uh, because I, I do think the offense could be better, but it's just, can the offensive line not embarrass itself? Yeah. And are they, and, and I, I, I did, there are a couple linebackers that they really like that they've brought in. I forget the guy's name. Um, it's a uh, Hudson. I think Cedarland is somebody that they really like, and they do have some transfers. So, I mean, if, if you're Washington state, the, the sunny side would be, Hey, we got a new offensive coordinator. Um, if we were going to lose players, I want to lose them on the defensive side because we have a great coach that can really get our defense up and has proven that in multiple years. So, I mean, I, I hear you. I, th- I think it's going to be close. I don't think they're going to surprise. I really thought they were going to surprise people last year, and I just don't. You know, I've lost that shine, but I do think that this could be a solid team that's competitive in the conference. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yep. Cool. All right, let's talk about Washington, and let's do it right after this. All right, we're back. We're talking Washington football. My goodness, freaking Washington. What a great story. Um, we talked about improvements in in college football, improvements in the conference. Kalen DeBoer just wins everywhere he goes. That's what he does. Michael Penix, healthy the whole year, or at least mostly healthy the whole year, lights up the world. 
Um, I mean, almost Heisman type numbers, right? There was a lot of good players. I'm not saying that he was one of the top five, but like he made a case for being one of the best players in the country last year as quarterback. Um, this was an offense that hummed and a team that really rejuvenated a lot of fans after you know, the departure of Jimmy Lake. I think that if, if I recall, Rob, the, the defense, not so much kind of a problem, kind of a problem. <laughs> what, what was this team last year? <laughs> this team, this team was like, uh, Jekyll and Hyde on offense versus defense, right? So, like, the offense comes back in a major way post-John Donovan. <laughs> Holy Moses, yeah. God, Lord. Um, like, they went from 93 overall the prior year offensively to number six. Um, and they were good across the board with drive efficiency number. Like, they didn't have a single of the sort of core four beta rank metrics that was outside the top 10. Um, they could definitely be a little more explosive coming into this year. Um, they were the number one offense in college football and effective pass last season. I mean, they threw the ball around. Um, they didn't now like offense. You have choice. So this is not, this is a reflection of like how much running the ball contributed in. <laughs> so they were at number 80 in effective rush. Um, you flip that around though, 65 overall <laughs> on defense and they were, they were not, uh, I mean, that's a bad power five defense. Um, their drive efficiency number here, not, you know, they, they're, you know, they're at 46 overall. Their worst number though was on negative drives, just not enough three and outs, not enough turnovers. They had one of the worst third down, like they, on third down, they allowed a first down 44.5% of the time. That's an insane yeah. number of second chances that they're giving up. Let's keep them chains moving, right. man. Let's go. Oh, and they didn't create, I mean, despite the fact that Washington fans will tell you that they had a really, really good defensive line, they didn't create a ton of disruptive plays, um, like sacks, you know, pass selections, things like that. Um, and their effective pass was 113 overall. They stunk defending the pass. So they have a lot of like, I mean, look, most of that is on the secondary. They did, you know, I would say they had a good pass rush at times. It wasn't always consistent. They put up some really big numbers. I think they had eight sacks against Stanford. <laughs> so like when you control for opponent, which all the numbers I'm running through here do, um, you know, like they're, I, I, I'm sort of skeptical, like of, you know, Washington having a dominant or a very, very good pass rush. They didn't really face any great offensive lines last season, except for maybe like a good Oregon offensive line. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I think, so I, I feel pretty confident in saying like most of the work needs to be done on cleaning up and defending the pass, but I, I mean, in, in the back end and the secondary, which was horrendous last season, but I still think there's still work to do on the pass rush. But like, if you remember the year before the, 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 the trick on Washington was you just run the ball as much as you wanted. Right. So they did yeah, clean that right. up. They were at number 30 overall an effective rush. Um, but so this season, like they have a different, different, different solve. They just, they have to get better defending the pass. I mean, and it came back to like, it's not as if last season, like, and I think like an example would be like the, the Arizona game, right? Like the Arizona game ended up being like a little close, maybe close. Like they let Arizona hang around a bit because Arizona could just throw on them. Right. Like, yeah. and Arizona had a decent passing offense last season. Um, but that was Washington's real trouble is like, if they ran into somebody that could really throw the ball um, it was such a, their pass, their, I mean, their pass defense was such a liability. It was a real problem. What was, what was their, uh, rush defense again? 30, 30 overall. 
30. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I'm with you. It was interesting because you did get a lot of, um, you got a lot of hype or at least a lot of attention given to the defensive line from Washington fans. And look, uh, Tui Latui Gassineau is awesome. Like he's, he, he is a staple right up the middle. You do have some interesting players, obviously ZTF, um, from like 2020 had a great year yeah. and he kind of fell off a little bit. Um, he's also been injured, but I didn't think that that line was all particularly good. And it made me feel good when I was like listening to our friend Hippolyte break down the film. And he's like, yeah, I mean, and now he's going to say this about Washington. Right. <laughs> take, take a little bit of grain of salt. But he basically said, hey, you know, this line wasn't wasn't all that good. And um, we also said that with like Bud Elliott and a couple other uh, folks that watched that program that really focused on the defensive line. It wasn't wasn't really that solid. So I'm curious to see. That's what I was trying to like. You got to like, yeah, they put up some big numbers and like there's some advanced like some people try to run out with me some stuff from like sports info solutions. That's like this is an advanced metric. And I was like, I know what I know. what I do real math for a living and you get fired if you ran this in my job. <laughs> so <laughs> like I but I. So I would say you need to, like, I would say this, like, if you want to like combine what you see on tape, and this is what I would always argue, combine the feedback that you get from people that watch the tape with what you see in advanced stats, right. And try to triangulate from that. Right. Yeah. Um, because like they're, neither of them are going to tell the whole story. Tape can tell you a lot more about individual performance, but it's very hard to do real opponent waiting. <laughs> And, and I would argue it's impossible at the individual level. And I'm not a person that runs out individual stats for college football because I don't make up numbers. Um, and so like, I, like, I do think that Washington, I, I think, but I, I mean, I think their defensive line is going to get helped out too. And somewhat like by better coverage, right? Like, I mean, you know, those guys, I mean, you would hope, yeah. right? I mean, that, that, cause that secondary sucked. But it, I mean, here's the thing is too, is like Washington, what, like, I mean, if it was the defensive line was like dominant and amazing and it was just the secondary, you would expect a lot of short passes that went for a lot of yak, right? Like, yeah, that wasn't necessarily what you saw. Washington gave up some deep stuff, right? Like where the quarterback had time and I like, do not in the year of our Lord, 2023 come to me and be like, we had to face a bunch of quarterbacks that could run. I'm like, it's, it's not 1988. All the quarterbacks can run my friend. <laughs> like everybody else in the pac 12 had the same problem. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, this, this defense was bad and we saw it over and over again. Right. Like if I recall the UCLA game, the Oregon game, it was just like, who can score, who scores last basically yep. Yep. was what, what those games were Arizona. Right. I think Arizona moved the ball against them really well. A lot. Yeah. Arizona put up some yards and points against them for sure. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about the defense because this was our worry last year. I don't think our worry was, is, um, I think we should have had more urgency to that worry, just given how bad the defense was. But yeah. our worry was, okay, you didn't bring over a big time defensive coordinator and you are bringing basically the band with you from Fresno state that may or may not be good recruiters. Like we don't, we still yeah. they were recruited. Okay. But it, it defense tends to be talent and obviously you need good, good play callers too, but the talent really shines through on the defensive front. Um, yeah, to our they credit, we back, were not we were not panic stouters. Like we were like, oh, that's gonna work. No, yeah, <laughs> like, that's right. yeah, like, like, hey, that guy was good, and hopefully he stays healthy. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, on on the line, right? ZTF returns, uh, Latui Gasano returns, uh, Tui Tele, who is somebody that um, everybody in in Washington is excited about, but hasn't quite put it together. So I don't know if he'll actually do that. Yeah. Um, they do have that that uh, <laughs> like for the last three, maybe it's two years. Washington fans have been talking about uh, Ula. I think it's Ulamu Ale, who is the the 
offensive lineman who was like 360 pounds that has the Vita Vea body, but hasn't been Vita Vea. That makes sense. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of in, in those corners, Braylon Trice returns. They have, they have players that return and it's not like they are short on players, but I think it's interesting to see how they do. Cause they haven't recruited specifically well here. So no, like four years ago and, and they've kind of fallen off. So we're hitting that, that last ride of the Mohicans here. Like when it comes to, to the, the blue chip pedigree guys, and they didn't really bring it last year. I'm just curious if they can do it this I year. I mean, that's, I mean, if you were going to take a real big knock on Washington right now, I mean, their two year rolling recruiting ranking is 35. Like, yeah. and it's like, I mean, I, I think Washington fans love what the staff came in and did last year. And I still think they're a little antsy about recruiting. Um, yeah. and you know what you should be, <laughs> like you should yeah. be recruiting better than this. Um, and I think last, like, it's funny cause like last year, I think I had, I did not <laughs> like my, if you, if you, we did, you went back and listened to our preview of Washington. I'm sure we just talked about, they need to fix the run defense and yeah, they lost everybody in the secondary. Right. But I was like, ah, you know, like they've, they've had good coaching. They should have development. Like they should be fine. And they were not. No, um, and I think I, what I, I think if you're a Washington man, you, like you remember, it was like two years before the rise is real, right? Like where, like where Colorado, like, so Colorado, they had that year or maybe it was the year, like they basically had the year, like they basically started like a whole new secondary and color, like everyone just threw all over Colorado. I think Colorado was almost like one thirty in effective pass and beta rank, defending the pass. Like, <laughs> and Colorado took their <laughs> lumps, Colorado. right. Uh-huh. And um, the guys were like Christian Gonzalez and like, right. right. And like, um, the guy that transferred to USC, whose name I'm now forgetting. Uh, well, uh, Christian, Christian Gonzalez went to Oregon. Right. And then, yeah. yeah and um, yeah. Was I it Mickey Blackman? Um, yes. I yeah. Think that was him. Yeah. So yeah. like those guys took their lumps, like Colorado was like, uh, go out there and, uh, try playing some football guys. <laughs> and like, like true freshmen, see how this goes, but they learned and they, by the time they got, you know, like they, they were pretty darn good. And I think that if you're Washington, you're sort of hoping that it was a bit of baptism of fire. Cause those guys didn't have a ton of reps, you know, coming into last year, it was mostly like, Oh, who are these guys? But I, I really thought I was like, yeah, like, you know, like trust the prior staff to have done the development. Cause that was their bread and butter was the secondary and sending safeties off to the NFL. Right. And like, it did not work last season. That's they got to fix this. I mean, you'd expect like from where they are versus even where they're recruiting to be a lot better. So like I, I, when I previewed Washington, I said, I do expect significant progress off of 65. The cap for Washington that's going to depend for them this year is how much, like, do they get to 30? Do they get past that? Right? Like, like 40 would be progress, but 40 is probably not enough. Like you need more given what you got on offense this season. Yeah, I'm still a little worried about the the depth in the secondary because I hear you on the corners, right? Some of those corners, they brought in like an FCS All-American to play. He didn't really work out. But Asa Turner and Dom Hampton have been there for like 17 years <laughs> and, and they were in the safeties position and they still, yeah. I mean, Cam Williams is still on this team. Like it's, there's a couple of players here where it's, if they would have shown it by now, they probably would have shown it particularly with Jimmy Lake. Like you can say a lot of things about Lake, but the secondary usually is pretty solid. Um, They bring in Elijah. I'm sorry. They bring in a Jabbar Muhammad, who is a really good corner at Oklahoma state. So I do think that fits one of the needs. Yeah. 
But after that, like, I'm just curious to see what they're able to put together because it's not quite where I think it could be. Right. Um, and then we, when you move to the, the linebackers, right? Like, uh, Ulafoshio, we don't know if he's hundred percent healthy yet. Uh, he's still, and he's been in and out. Like they had to bring in Raylan Goforth from USC. I just, it could, it could get there. Right. And we'll, and by the way, Washington, we're going to talk about your offense cause it's freaking bonkers. Right. Right. <laughs> it's like the best thing in the world. Like I'm really excited about that. But on the defensive side, I'm looking at this roster and I'm going, I don't know if they can pass that 30 mark. Maybe they can. Right. But when you take a look at the talent and you take a look at the coaching staff that they brought in to develop these players, I don't know if they got it yet. Well, I, I don't know. It might be well, too harsh on them. No, no. I mean, and, and truthfully, too, like last year was an easy schedule. Like they That's didn't right. play USC yeah. and they didn't play Utah. Right. So like, you know, like this Washington team might be better and it might be harder for them to get back to double digit wins. Um, yeah. you know, cause, and, and I don't know if you looked like you're not like Boise state can throw it around a little bit. Then they get Tulsa and Michigan state. Um, then they get Cal. You're not going to, re- we're not going to really get a sense of the, where the offense is or where the defense is defending the pass till they get Arizona, which is end of September. Right. So like, don't come to me, Washington fans and say like, look what we like. Cause like people do this to me. They do this all the the time. People are like, man, did you see Arizona's defense? Or they said this is for what like Washington fans are like, yeah, but they really tightened up down the stretch. I'm like, they played Colorado and Washington state and a bunch of other really bad offenses down. Don't give me that. Like control for opponents. Um, but it's like, we'll get a sense when they play Arizona you know, and like, of course, Washington should absolutely like light Arizona's defense up like a pinball machine. But then yeah. then they get Oregon, you know, and it's, it's at home. But again, like Oregon can throw the football around. I really like Oregon's offensive coordinator higher. Um, but they finish like it's a they have a tough finish. Like it doesn't this, it like Utah, USC. Yeah, it goes USC. Like, it goes at okay. USC. Then they get Utah at home and then they go at Oregon State and then they have the Apple Cup at home. Um, Lord yeah. And like, I don't, I mean, look, I don't expect like Washington should still be able to light up Michigan state. Um, but I mean, I, I think this defense is going to like, you're rolling, like you, you're not really missing anybody that can really throw the football around, um, in the conference. You know, when you look at their schedule, like they, they get all the really good passing offenses in the conference this year. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's right. But when you flip it up to the other side, I mean, Hot damn, this offense is so good. Like, it got, I don't think you all understand how freaking good this this offense is. So, obviously, you have Michael Penix, but you have Dylan Morris behind him with Kalen DeBoer. And so I would assume that if, if Penix goes down, you know, look, Morris wasn't the best quarterback in the world, but but he had one of the worst offensive coordinators in the history of, like, my lifetime. And, you know, he he is the backup. He's experienced. Uh, these wide receivers are ridiculous. Jalen McMillan, Roma Duze, uh, Jalen Polk, Giles Jackson. They went off and they got like a four-star uh, uh, transfer, Denzel Boss. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I think it's uh, uh, Jeremy Bernard from Michigan State. Um, they lit. They, I'm sure he watched, you know, Washington light that team up and go, I want to be a part of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Denzel Boston. They, and, and the thing, too, here is they have recruited fairly well this year at wide receiver what yeah. you had was like right before like at the tail end of peterson at the beginning of lake they recruited a bunch of good wide receivers who were just buried on a garbage offense those are these guys right here and like taj davis has left like there was a bunch of really top pedigree four-star guys that that are still in this program and then 
they brought in like the secondary guys to come in that were recruited this year. And those guys are good. Plus they have transfers. Like they're going to throw this ball all over the place all of the time. And yeah. It's going to be really fun. One thing that our friend Hithel day was talking about though, was a uh, red zone efficiency. Do you have any numbers on, on just their ability to, I mean, obviously explosive plays were like pretty, pretty awesome. But once they got to the red zone, it seemed like he kind of highlighted how they didn't really have, the running game and the tight end to be able to kind of expand that, that play. Oh yeah. Hold on one second. So let me pull that up while you're, while you're doing that, I'm just going to run down the offensive line because they bring back friggin'. Yeah. yeah, They they, they return a lot this year. Yeah. They've recruited so well. Now they lose to, um, they lose their inside guys, their center, their guards, but, um, they return, they return their tackles the guys that played, they're going to play in the inside this year, um, played last year. They've recruited well here. They feel confident about the team. They brought in a four-star Kansas State transfer. Um, they they just, this this line is going to protect Penix, and they're going to have wide receivers that catch balls, and they're going to have a very solid running back um, core, right? Cam Davis returns, Dylan Johnson from uh, Mississippi State. They got Danielle Nagata out, out of uh, ASU, who yeah. I didn't think was all that good, but our friend Hithleday really liked his tape when, you know, in, in sparse runs, so I'm curious about that. And then Richard Newton is like the fourth best running back, and I, I remember like three years ago going like, that guy's freaking good. He was good. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, so Washington um, in red zone efficiency last season graded out at number 43 overall. Now that's an unadjusted stat. Um but yeah, I mean, like that's you could definitely. I think that's a fair argument about them is that like there are they definitely did have problems, you know, like they're big, like they're big play passing offense. They didn't necessarily have the plays to, and they they certainly didn't look comfortable <laughs> in short yardage, right? Like <laughs> there were definitely a couple instances in the season um, where they didn't look comfortable having to get down and get a yard. They, they bring in um, a Cal Poly tight end transfer. Uh, Devin Culp returns. Like, there are some interesting players at tight end that um, you know, Ryan Otten, um, who's Kate Otten's brother, I think, um, was like a borderline five star tight end, but didn't really play last year. So they have they have some interesting targets. And it's just like they they might give up again, you know, like 40 points. And it might not matter just because like. This is a video game. Like, you know, when you recruit an NCAA football for like five years after like you win the title and it's just unfair now. Like, yeah, that's what, that's what this team is, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, like this this offense is incredible. And uh, I think if you're a Washington fan, I mean, I think I don't know if it's quite like the sky's the limit. Like they're going to put up you know, like tenant, like the kind of numbers Tennessee or Georgia put up last season. Like, I think that they're they could be really close. Um, but if you're a Washington fan, you're hoping to see them near that sort of like two overall number in beta rank, which is like only Georgia and Tennessee got above last year. Um, so they do have that. I mean, they, like they have a little bit of work to get up to those numbers. Um, but I mean, like it's gonna like the, the nice thing is like, because of the offense, like Washington's overall team floor is pretty high, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, and then like their ceiling is just going to depend on like how much improvement the defense makes. Yeah. And, and the schedule, like it, yeah. it's interesting that this team could be better and lose more games this year, just because the, the opponents, I, I, we, I remember when we were looking at Washington last year going, yeah, the schedule's easy, but I don't know. It's like DeBoer, and let's see, let's see what they're able to do, and then they just crushed it. But this year, it's the opposite. Where you're going, like, oh, is that? But I tend to be more bullish. Like, if I if I know if I know coach is good, if I know he has talent, I tend to be more bullish about teams that have a tough schedule. Um, 
just because sometimes you just got to ride, you know, like we know this guy's good. Yeah. We know his team's, his offense is good. Sometimes you just got to ride the snake, man. Like you just got to well, see what they're able to do. They should have plenty. I mean, like they shouldn't lack for confidence. Like they're going to be heavily favored over the first five games of the schedule, right? Like they get Boise yep. state, Tulsa, Michigan state, Cal and Arizona. And like, now that is at Arizona. The desert dogs are real, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, I like, it's not, I mean, they have a pretty easy start to the season where they should be in every single one of those games. I mean, with the, maybe the exception of Michigan State, I mean, they should be at least an eight or a nine point favorite there. Maybe it's only seven because it's at Michigan State. And scoring will be down this year. I should say the rule changes are in um, oh, overall right. scoring. So these spreads are going to seem high to what you're seeing out there because um these are just based off of prior year scoring um, and scoring overall is going to be down. So the, the, like they should be tighter this year overall. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, they're, they should be a significant favorite. They're not like, I mean, they, they have plenty of time to really build up their confidence before the road gets rough. I mean, that's like, cause we talk about this sometimes is like, sometimes, you know, like you, you, you know, a team can get punched her in the mouth real hard and like lose it for a couple of games stretch. Right. Like, and I, I, like Washington should have plenty of time to get ready. Like you just, I think you just hope for them is like that there's no injuries in the early part of the season. Right. That, Cause like yeah. the schedule is so backloaded for them too. But really the, the injuries would be quarterback and some of the defense, like maybe a linebacker. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, I think they have enough big bodies where if, if a, like knock on wood, like because Gaston has been awesome like this. I think he's played all four years and has been healthy. All years. Um, you can correct me if, if you want I, I, uh, Washington fans, but I'm pretty sure he's been like a steady Eddie for like multiple years. Um, it's like corner, right? If a corner goes down and yeah. then it's find the duck, right? If, if those guys aren't aren't as good. Um, and it's possibly linebacker, but almost everywhere else they get an injury and they're good. Like they're going to be fine. And that's, that's a, that's a program. So I'm, I'm just, I'm really excited to watch them. I think of, out of any team this year, um, I just want to see what Washington can be. Cause I'm rooting for that defense to be good. I just don't know if it's going to. So yeah, yeah. where I'm at. Um, anything else, Rob? I'm about to melt away. I'm not going to lie. No, no, <laughs> let's call it. You've put in yeoman work. There we go. All right. Uh, 12 pack radio. Um, our, our podcast is up and running. We're going weekly again. We're doing simulcast. So you're going to, you're going to just get the podcast a lot earlier because it's easier to put them up. Um, YouTube sharp college football. Um, Rob's doing all of his previews and then sharp college where all the numbers are at. Um, thanks everybody for tuning in and we'll catch you next week.